there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely jam! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! Now you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score? It's the end of series quiz. The end of term, if you will. I'm Chris Skull. Joining me once again is Josh Whittacom. Hello. And here he is, the quiz master himself. Get ready for some factual inaccuracies. It's Michael Marden. Hello. I was thinking earlier that the end of series quiz does remind me of the last day of school. Sure, you've yes. got all the theatre of turning up. You pop your uniform on. But there is yeah. a there is a sense of fun about it. We're not here to learn today. No. When I was at school, the last day of term would always be a sort of unofficial mufty day. Yeah. So people wouldn't, wouldn't turn up wearing school uniforms. It would just be, oh, we're going to wear what we want. What can they do? Do you think that should happen in football? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can't have non-uniform down the last day of term because that is just fully lawless. What's even the point of turning up? Well, it was lawless. Like we would have, we would have to wear uniforms. I always thought non-uniform day was the most overrated day of the year. <laughs> I remember people going, "Mufti Day is like, yeah, that's as good as not being at school." And you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> if anything, for a lot of people, it's worse because you're essentially. Yeah. You're turning up with a massive target on your back for someone to go, oh, nice shoes, dickhead. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, did your, exactly. your mum buy you that shirt? The thought that you'd go into maths and be like, so this is fun because I've got <laughs> jeans on. <laughs> did you ever have the cold white fear of getting on the school bus and seeing everyone else in non-uniform no, I never or in uniform? Did it happen to you? Yeah, but fortunately I lived... At a distance where, if that happened, I could be twenty minutes late and just go home and get changed, go back. I had fail safe. What about you, Michael? No, that never happened. But the the last day of term for us, it was like the purge. It was feral. <laughs> like, I remember one year, a kid 
jumped down some steps and broke his arm, I think, within the first hour. And there was just this real sense of Lord of the Flies slash the teachers <laughs> slightly fearing for their lives. I don't know. I mean, I think I went to quite a rough high school. But there yeah. was a real... I remember one kid got stabbed in the cheek with a compass. It was just like, <laughs> all bets oh were off. God. But nothing happened. No one got expelled. It was just like, oh, well, that's the thing that happened. Let's move on. Because it's like international waters. You, technically, you can't prosecute today. No, no yeah. one's here tomorrow <laughs> to pick up the disciplinary. They used to do egg fighting, actually, now I remember. And the last day of school would be a big egg fight. So you're nipping out early, you're getting on the first bus, you're keeping your head down, you are getting what, out of school. Dodge. There'd be eggs thrown. No, it'd be like on the green next to the school and on the walk back to the bus stop and Oh my god. Yeah. We also yeah, had this thing in the later years where you'd have like um credit on like your um canteen account. So you'd go in, you'd go like, I've got twenty five quid here that I'll accumulate and you just walk out with like twelve burgers just to spend <laughs> it <and> carry <laughs> over. Um right. Well, that's enough of that. Let's have some correspondence because it's a uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, to be here on the final day. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. What way have we got to in the correspondence? Fill me in. Um, uh, well, I don't know if you heard the last episode, but it's basically been decided that Terry Venables was saying at the end of the Champions League final in '99 that Hitzfeld is a lucky coach. Which makes far more sense, and we've drawn oh, a whole a line shame, on that. Isn't it? It's yeah. a shame. But I've got this. I just trawled the inbox in preparation for this episode, and one email stuck out. Obviously, we've announced now that we'd be doing the London Palladium next May, Thursday, sixteenth. Yeah. Tickets are on sale now. We'll do a proper plug in a minute. But I just wanted to read this email. So that's out something to stay tuned for. Something to look forward to. This email from Paul Sessford stuck out at me. Hi, Chris, Josh and Michael. Me and a couple of mates are going to the live show next May in London. But in February, we met Sasa Sercic at the League Cup final while we were watching the game as avid Newcastle United fans. They were actually stood outside a pub in Hammersmith when a guy walked past and said, good luck today, lads. Oh, St. James's Park, always one of my favourite stadiums to play at. We looked at each other shocked and were curious. So I asked him who he played for and he said Palace, Bolton and Villa. And straight away I blurted out, Sasa Sercic. So he's going round going, oh, Newcastle fans. I don't mean that. (laughs) I don't mean that. To go go up to strangers and go, I loved playing at St. James' Park when I was a footballer is bizarre. (laughs) Do you ever walk past Hammersmith Apollo going, oh, always loved playing in there. Love playing yeah, there. Lovely. It's like a person stood out <laughs> like a kind of janitor or something. Anyway, he goes on. He said, Sasa Search, it was over the moon that he'd been recognised. I mean, that's... Well, he hasn't been recognised. He's, <laughs> like... he's, he's given a clue. Yeah, he said, I'm a footballer. But he goes on. Uh, Sasa Search, it said, uh, well... Uh, Paul says, we were avid listeners of the podcast and know a lot about 90s obscure footballers, but they've stayed in touch with Sasa ever since. And recently, we were texting Sasa Sercic and told him about the Brian Little show, the recent Brian Little episode that we did, and said, uh, you should check this out. Sasa's listened to it and texted back and said, you guys are doing an amazing job. Furthermore, Paul texts Sasa and said, would you like to come to the live show? They've got some tickets. Sasa Sercic says he would be honoured. Paul says, I Amazing. wonder if you'd have him on stage as a guest. He'd said he'd be more Let's than happy to. That. Let's not And would be honoured to be a part of the night. Well, that's not, but that's, that's not this guy's decision. <laughs> no, he's offered it. He's saying, would we like Sasa Sercic? But he's asked Sasa Sercic already. Sasa Sercic is coming and sitting yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, well, that's fine. I'm fine with that. He's bought a ticket. 
<laughs> but would we like Sasa Sertic on stage? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to check when we're there if he's in the house, but I, I, this shouldn't be our booking policy. No, 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 it's, it's just a palladium. You don't play the London Palladium and go, oh, Sasa Sertic is there. We should put him <laughs> as part of the show. <laughs> if he wants to come on as a member of the public and open some stickers in the final round, <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. But it's not dissimilar from the clip that um, you've both seen of Jamie Jake Humphrey asking Jamie Oliver to come on the High Performance Podcast live on the Chris Moores show. To throw that out there, I think you know. Were this not the case, would you have thought? Do you know what we should book as a churchich? If Sasa Sercic, if, if we walk on stage at the London Palladium and I see Sasa Sercic in the front row, yeah, good. how am I not saying, that's Sasa Sercic? Yeah, I, I think that's good. <laughs> but but to build the show around him feels <laughs> strange. The show <laughs> I was going to suggest we rebrand this, Sasa Sercic live at the London Palladium, <laughs> and we would be the support acts. <laughs> My feeling is... We're six months out. I think it would be a mistake to promise Sasa Churchich that he's got a role within the show. Okay. Let's That's see how we feel. Feeling. I think we've just got to see how we feel on the night. Full disclosure, would we even book him for an episode of non-live, quickly, Kevin? <laughs> the quality of the guests we're getting these days. If Sasa Churchich wants to email me a full interview script and make himself readily available. I mean, you know... He's I, think all- he, I think he's worth an interview. I'm looking at his Wikipedia. 13 games for Yugoslavia in the mid-90s, 95 to 98. How much of that are you interested in? The thing about Sasa Sercic that I'm aware of, yes, I've just Googled this to check, that he basically retired at the age of 29 to become a sex addict, a full-time sex addict. Yeah, that's a different podcast. (laughs) So just he retired to become a sex addict, like it was an aspiration. Yeah. No, surely already was a sex addict, wasn't he? Uh, this is actually a recent, relatively recent article from The Sun. I think we not talked about this, that Sasa Sershit, ex-prem ace, retired at 29 to have sex and claims he romped with Baywatch star and Naomi Campbell. Yeah, but we're not going to ask him about that, are we? <laughs> no. That's not our kind of stuff. Who knows what form Sasa Sershit's live at the London Palladium might take? <laughs> How much are you interested in the following things? His time at Bolton Wanderers in... 95, 96. His, his time at Aston Villa, 96 to 98. And then his time to Crystal Palace, 98 to 99. Yeah, I think it's enough to go, in the same way as you might go to like a Victorian circus and see the eight-legged man or whatever. I think right, yeah. in that kind of spirit of look at this guy, I think it'd be cool to go, this has a searchage. Right, in the audience, the next thing. totally, yeah. <laughs> the guy said he's up for being part of the show. I just think that the assumption that we're that desperate for guests, that people who've bought tickets feel we should probably let them know that we, we could do the show, is <laughs> absolutely mind-bending to me. <laughs> well, nonetheless... Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. Um, yeah. Paul Sessford, for your, for your efforts. And I'm delighted your, your new friendship with uh, Sasha Sessions is going so well. We'll see you there at the London Palladium. Who knows? Let's see how it goes on the night. We may have built a whole Sasha section by then. All right. This email from David Craven. Uh, obviously, we had Brian Little. Has he become friends with Illy Dumitrescu, who's willing to? <laughs> if we can assemble the whole squad via people that know or have met them, then maybe we can build some of the show around it. 
<laughs> but not all. I repeat, not all. No. Uh, David Craven, he emailed in about the recent Brian Little episode we had. Brian Little, Josh. Oh, yeah. great, great quick great man. days. Um, he said, love the interview with Brian Little. Was really interested in when he said that Alex Ferguson was always good with him because very few people beat him. It's a shame Brian didn't mention that just two months later, after Villa beat Manchester United, Alan Little also beat Sir Alex. Alan, as in Brian Little's brother. Alan Little was manager of York, York City. Yes. And defeated uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford oh, 3-0, making them surely the only managerial brothers to have both beaten Manchester United. Incidentally, after that defeat, Man United bought two young players off York, Nick Culkin and Jonathan Greening. They also played a lucrative pre-season friendly and Sir Alex came and opened York's new training ground. So Brian may have had a point when he thought that Sir Alex thought well of people that beat him. David Craven and York. Interesting little bit of history there with uh, Brian's brother, Alan. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Um, I remember that because they were so rarely lost. Them losing to York in the cup was quite a big deal. 3-0. Um, him having more respect for people that beat him is quite interesting, isn't it? But I suppose Brian Little was never a, a challenger to the title. Yeah, and um, n- neither was Alan Little. I would enjoy a statistical breakdown of... Managers' records against Alex Ferguson, and anecdotally, whether we think Ferguson had a positive or negative view of them, that would be an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting graph. It would be an interesting graph because you, you think of the, the big Fergusonites, Big Sam. Oh, I don't know if David Moyes, David Moyes, did they have good records against him? I seem to remember him having quite a good record against players that had played under him, who are now managers. The, the great Steve Bruce, yeah. Mark Hughes, etc. Brian Robson. Brian Robson. But have I made this all up? Maybe Most managers are going to have a bad record against him by dint of him beating most people. Just what I remember it, one thing I always recall of Sir Alex Ferguson around Christmas time, he would always give presents to the Man United season ticket holders around the dugout. Do you remember this? That was a thing no. you'd see every year. No. My, what? 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 You don't remember this? Well, he's walking around with like a sack of presents. Yes, <laughs> mate. How have we never talked about this? That can't be true. I just I it's just front row saying, true. "Do you want me to jump into the dugout and be on the subs bench?" Sir Alex Ferguson at Christmas would come with a sack of presents and hand them no, out to the no, season ticket no, holders no, around no, the dugout. No, no. What? You don't That's believe me? Bullshit. You not believe me? How do you not Sorry, know can this? Can I ask a question? What point of the Saturday afternoons he arriving? What, as the game's kicking off? Yes. He's arriving with a sack of presents. How do you not know this? How have we never talked about this? With the season this? ticket holders around the dugout. And what yes. kind of things were they? I don't know. They weren't opening them. But like, match what the was day. them? Match of the day, you'd see him handing the presents out. You wouldn't see no, them sit there opening no, it. You're not having no this. way. That's You're not, having not this. true. Michael? I just, I don't even have the vaguest memory of this. <laughs> But I, I, re- I want it to be true. I want you to find the evidence. It is 100% true. Some questions if it is true. That's the first question. Is it true? Is he wrapping them himself? <laughs> Are they just from the club <laughs> shop or has he bought stuff? Are they the same present for everyone or is it a mixed assortment of presents? Were they named? How far back... Was he going with the presents? Like, how many rows? <laughs> no, it was just the immediate people around the dugout. It, this Google search is starting to panic you because it hasn't come it's up It's 100% instantly. true. It is 100%. It's just a difficult thing to try and Google. 
What? No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. I've just got Alex Ferguson Alex presence. Dug out. Alex Ferguson presence. Season ticket holders. Alex Ferguson presence. <laughs> I'm trying Proud. this. Must Alex Ferguson Christmas presence. Old Trafford. This is, it tell you why it's difficult to Google because it's Hang not on. true. Hang on. I found a Daily Star article. Oh, here. I feel like we're seconds from an apology. Oh, damn it. <laughs> why? What What was it turned up? Um, an article on Sir Alex Ferguson, but it's it's flagged for the keyword Christmas, but it's actually uh, it's a in the sidebar of shame. It's a model wearing Christmas lingerie. Oh, real uh, sidebar of shame. Uh it's Look, not can true. Email, can, it's can, not we get true. Some, can we get some feedback from the listeners on this? Yeah. It's, it's, who has this memory? The Sir Alex Ferguson no hand out Christmas presents. No one. It's, uh, I've not made this up. I could remember it vividly. He would always hand out Christmas presents. Sorry. So it's, it's the not. last game before Christmas. <laughs> the last can game. I ask another question? Yeah. <laughs> Is he appearing from a tunnel with the sack and then walking down the touchline with over his shoulder like Santa? Or is the sack preset in the dugout so that he just hands him out when he gets I I can't remember him walking down the touchline with a sack. But he would have 100% a sack. Terry Phelan or whatever. Well, Mike Phelan, sorry, Terry Phelan. Mike Phelan is carrying the sack. In his shorts, even though it's December. In his tiny little shorts. I'm sorry, but it just can't be true. It's not true. He's not got a sack of presents. He has. Who remembers this? Please email in. I'm not crazy. He would hand out a sack of presents. <laughs> of course this is he so would. true. So, how soon... Because he, is he coming out early? Like, because <laughs> how long does it take to hand? Is how long does it take to hand out like eight presents? Like a minute. He's not. He's not making. He's not getting there early. You're not having to stop and chat with your present. He's just handed them out. So where is he stood at the back of the dugout? <laughs> yeah, he walks around the dugout, handed them out. <laughs> this is happen every Christmas. This is a hundred percent a thing. My oh, God, <laughs> I just I, <laughs> I, 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 I like Chris is so convinced he's convincing me, but I don't remember this ever happening. Like maybe once, but you're like every season, <laughs> every season. And when would you see it? Would it be on Match of the Day? It'd be on Match of the Day, you'd go to Old Trafford. You know that just before the team news, well, imagine Christmas gifts from the gaffer. Right, here's the team news. He's out. Like on the Boxing Day fixtures, or the, I like don't the know. game it might have prior been to that, it was always around Christmas. So I imagine some games he's doing it. On what, what happens if it's an away game for us around that period? Well, it'd be what, around he Christmas. Doing he's doing the, it around the closest Christmas. home the closest game home to Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what if that was like a? a I suppose there's not cup games around Christmas, is there? And so, and and so, was there any? But psychologically, <laughs> I always thought it was clever because psychologically, you're going. <laughs> Well, you've got to be nice to me the rest of the year. I bought you a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, those eight people out of 70,000 will really turn the tide. Well, they're the Trafford. ones who are right in your ear. They're, they're, like, every so, game. When, when do you think he brought this in? From the off? Or do you think he wanted to get some success under his belt? Because, like, during that era when it was, like, Fergie out, do you I, think... I remember it early, mid-90s, 95, I'd say. I know. I, I thought, actually, I remember it earlier than that. I think it was that game where Mark Robbins scored that famous goal. <laughs> Fergie was seen handing out presents beforehand. 
someone black me up on this? Please, listeners, hello at quicklykevin.com. Oh, my word. I'm not it's making the, this it's up. the ultimate, do I remember this right? <laughs> and so... We, <laughs> the questions just keep coming. Because that old Trafford box, it wasn't a traditional dugout. They were almost seats within the stand, weren't yeah, they? The but, and it was like, 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 like... It was a little brick wall, do you remember? Like yeah, yeah. A little yeah. brick wall around it. And he'd just lean over the brick wall with his sack of with his sack and hand him out. And yeah. what kind of sack was it? Like Hessian? I or was it remember. like. I don't remember. But I remember the presents were wrapped in red. It must have been Man United. <laughs> I'm sure it was red. I feel like this is a police interview about something that happened 20 years ago, of which I don't have the details have no. faded but with time. If there's only eight or so presents, how big is the sack in your mind? I would say that they were like shoebox size presents. Right, yeah. He's handed out. Maybe the maybe the boots. <laughs> I'd love to know what was in them. I can't find any evidence of it. Yes, I've Googled and I can't find it. I am a hundred percent convinced this Why is a real this thing. come up. I was expecting something nice. Yeah, being, being nice. There you go. Well, if anyone remembers that, please back me up. Hello at quicklykevin.com. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. All right, before we get on to the quiz, big news. We're doing a show. We touched on it there. We're doing a show at the London Palladium, Thursday the 16th of May, the only show we're going to do in 2024. It's going to be a big one. It's our biggest well, show ever. presents for the front row? Presents gonna... <laughs> is Alex Ferguson going to come out with his trademark sack and deliver presents to the front row? <laughs> yeah, hey, there's only one way to find out. Get yourself a ticket. The tickets are available on the London Palladium website and via Ticketmaster. Just give it a Google. You know what to do. The links are on our socials as well. Yeah, it's going to be a great night. We haven't done a live show since uh, the Manchester one that was... Was it put back due to COVID? So this is probably the first live show we've announced in about four years. Yes, a um, long time. Because we thought we'd go all in and do one big night at London Palladium. This is it. If you want to see us live, come and see us, because this is the one we've got in the diary for the foreseeable future. There will be no more. There will be no spin-off ones up north. We can only apologise about that. We just thought we'd do a big one-off show because we can't be taking Sasa Churchich around the country. We can only use him once. Yeah. If you want to hang out with Sasa Churchich, your best bet is either buying a ticket to this or hanging around outside pubs wearing football shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I think in honour of the first, the, the longest kind of, a most kind of odd opening chat we've ever done to an episode... We can maybe we could promise that you will deliver a present to Sasa Churchich from a sack. Okay, okay. At London Palladium. Do join us. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, can't wait. And now, Michael, would you like to take the reins for the quiz? Can I just say, if we ever get another interview with a Manchester United player, we've got to put this near the top of our questions. <laughs> <laughs> but why would they know? They'd be on the pitch. Well, whether he's whether he's got it in the dressing room with him, is there anyone I can mentioned? Te- can I text Lee? Shall I text Lee Sharp? Yeah, text Lee Sharp. <laughs> I think he's gone by that point, based on your timeline. Yeah, maybe Lee Sharp's gone by that point. L- Lee Sharp was um, gifted to Howard Wilkinson as a um, <laughs> as a Christmas present. 
<laughs> on Christmas Day. On Christmas Lee Sharp Day. was sat under the tree in a box for a week. <laughs> right, okay. As is tradition to close out the series, it's time now for the Quickly Kevin 90s football quiz. It's an old school one, this series, head-to-head with Chris versus Josh. Everyone's ready? Let's yes. get quizzing. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title. And and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Round one is a uh, series of 90s football general knowledge questions. Closest to the correct answer wins a point. And if you both get any answer exactly right, you both score a point. Okay, okay. pen and paper at the ready? Yeah. Yeah. Here is your first question. How many Premier League goals did Alan Shearer score in the decade? And that's Premier League goals, so seven seasons worth. Yeah. How many goals did Alan Shearer score in the decade? Got it. Know it. Go on, go on answer, Chris. Yeah. Uh, okay, question number two. AC Milan went through the 91-92 season unbeaten, finishing the 34-game season on 56 points, having won 22 and drawn 12 games. But how many goals did they concede that season? Oh, and they scored, like, an insanely low number as well. I think they only scored, like, 36 goals or something mad. Okay, I've written a number down. Yeah. Okay, question number three. Nottingham Forest hold the record for finishing bottom of the league on the most points in a season. How many points did they get in the 92-93 season? And it was a 22-team league at that time. Mm. Great question again. These yeah, are really great question. questions. I always thought in my head that that last Clough season was a complete disaster where they were just down all season. Maybe they were. Maybe the but maybe he was just unlucky mathematically. Yeah. Both got an answer? Yeah. Yep. Okay, question number four. Ipswich Town hold the record for the most defeats in a Premier League season in the decade when they finished bottom of the league in the 94-95 season. But how many games did they lose that season? Mm. And that was also a 22-team league. So how many games did they lose that season when they finished bottom of the league? Yeah, got it. Got it. Ah. Oh. Okay, yeah. Do you know are you guessing? Oh, no, no, no. I don't know the answer to any of these. <laughs> good, good. And finally this round, a little uh, cheeky math sum for you. I want you to add the number of goals that Davos Suker scored at France 98. Yeah, I know that. I want you to subtract the number of goals that Thomas Brolin scored at USA 94. I don't know that. And then yeah. I want you to multiply that number by the number of goals Roberto Baggio scored at Italia 90. What is the number that you end up with? Okay. Multiply is absolutely brutal because yeah. it really it really shows you where you've gone wrong. It really <laughs> it really magnifies There's no disaster. Hiding. There's, no, There's hiding. no hiding with multiplication. There's no hiding. <laughs> okay. So let's go through your answers and uh, show okay. your workings, please. So, question number one. How many Premier League goals did Alan Shearer score in the decade? Chris? 161. Okay, Josh? 130. 130. The correct answer was 153. Whoa! Well played, Skull. Point to Skull. Nice, this. The head-to-head points. That's an incredible rate to score that in seven 
seven seasons. I guess it would be an average of 23 over seven seasons. Yeah, but I remember he broke a leg for a season, so I'd allowed well, for that. Yes. But there's there's a season where he back. only scores two le- or two or four league goals because That's of that injury. Mad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, question number two. AC Milan conceded how many goals in that unbeaten season? 12. Oh, I've gone 11. Oh! The correct answer is 21. Oh. Oh, 1-1. Okay. Question number three. The Nottingham Forest finishing bottom with the most amount of points. Chris, Great question. what was your number? I think it's 40. West Ham went, once went down on 42 points, and that was a record, but we were third from bottom by the time we went down. I've gone, thir- I've gone 39. <sighs> Close. I can tell you the correct answer is 40. Oh, oh come on! Uh, does Skull get a bonus point for being for getting, exactly right? For being exactly right. Well, we hadn't established that early doors, so I yeah. Feel like but I seeing as Josh suggested one. it, he's on the losing side. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm giving him a gift like Alex Ferguson. <laughs> too. Well, then, in the spirit of Christmas, then yes, Chris gets a bonus point for getting exactly oh, wow. right. Oh, three one. That, three that, one. That rule. That rule carries. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, no. Oh, no. You get it exactly right. Uh, question number four. The record for the most defeats in a Premier League season in the decade, Ipswich Town, was how many? 28. 28. I've, I've gone 30. Yeah, I think I've lost that, actually, thinking about it. The correct answer was 29. Slap bang in the middle. Oh, oh. No points or one each makes no difference, really, does it? Let's go one each. Let's keep it at high school. One each. Yeah, more for the people to enjoy. And then finally, uh, the goal-scoring math sum. Number of goals Davos Suka scored at France 98 minus Thomas Brolin's goals at USA 94 multiplied by Baggio's goals at Italia 90. Chris, what answer did you get? And show your workings, please. Nine goals for Suka minus five goals for Brolin. Four times three Roberto Baggio goals, 12. Okay. Josh? Six goals for Suka, which no. I think is right. Four goals for Brolin. Feels about right, doesn't it? But I don't know. So that's two. And then what was the last one? Baggio. Uh, goal. Baggio. Baggio I've gone Italian for four. So two times four is eight. Uh, I can tell you the correct answer is six. Oof. So Josh is closest, and the way it works out is uh, it was six goals for Davos Suka, uh, three goals for Thomas Brolin, so oh, six minus three point. is three, and then two goals for Baggio at Italia 90. Oh! So six in six. total. So does that mean the score is 4-3 to Skull? It's 4-3 thanks to your generosity of uh, <laughs> the exact bonus points. So let's wow. hope you don't lose by that specific point. Yeah, that would be heartbreaking. I fear that won't be why I lose. It'll be because... I realised I know so little about Bruce Grobelar, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> time for round two, and it's the familiar favourite, starting 11. Oh, God, I love the QK quiz. Uh, this is how it works. I'll give you a classic football match from the 90s. Each team will then take it in turn to name a player from either side who appeared in that game. If at any point you name a player who did not appear during the match, you lose a life. And that includes both used and unused substitutes. Okay, the game in question is the World Cup 1998 third place playoff 
between the Netherlands and Croatia. Oh, good game. Ooh. And they were a pal of first teams, we're presuming. Chris, would you like to kick things off? Oh, how do you play this? I'll go Patrick Clivert. Patrick Clivert. Oh, no. Oh, no, come on, man. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just finding oh. the tab. <laughs> uh, correct. <laughs> Devil Suka. Correct. Dennis Bergkamp. Correct. Edwin van der Sar. Correct. Yapstam. Oh, great answer. Correct. Um, Franck de Boer. Oh, no. I'm just checking it's the right de Boer. Oh, no. 50-50. Correct. Oh. oh! I'm not going Ronald. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edgar Davids. Correct. Robert Yarney. Correct. Now it's getting interesting. Uh, there's a bunch of Dutch names, but they're all, they all feel like gambles. So I'm going to go Slaven Bilic. Oh, that's what I was going to go. Correct. Uh, Robert Prozanecki. Correct. Strong showing so far. This is a really good showing for third, fourth place playoff. Yeah, Two really quite good. iconic teams. Boban. Correct. Oh, you effing C. You absolute effing C. <laughs> I've got one more Croatian that I can think of. And then I've basically got a load of Ajax players that I've got no idea if they're in the team. Similar, Skull? I mean, I'm just... I'm not confident about any of the names talking about. Yeah. Um, Igor Stimach. Correct. Oh, one's come, oh! one's come to me. Mark Overmars. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Unfortunately, he came off the bench... Oh, Overmars. Okay. Miss. So, Josh, if you can get a name, you win this round. I've got two defenders and a midfielder to choose from. Oh, no. I've just got another midfielder that I think is quite a good call. Philip Koku. Oh. He had incredible eyes. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that he didn't play in midfield. But he started at left back that game. So oh. Congratulations, Philip Cocky oh. is great. You oh. win the points. Wim Yonk. That would be my. Favorite. Uh, yeah, Wim Yonk was the other Dutch midfielder. Oh, That's a shame. No. Uh, how about I had Bogarda and Reisiger in my head. Uh, neither of them started. Oh. Uh, Reisiger was on the bench. Doesn't look like Winston Bogard was in the squad. That is a heartbreaking. Uh, Oh, the missing one from the Dutch was uh, Zenden on the left wing. Oh, we only got one missing one from the oh, Dutch. Sorry, uh, the, the right back's uh, Newman. Oh, yeah, Arthur Newman. Ar Arthur Newman. Uh, and then the Croatian team was uh, Ladic, uh, Jani, Bilic, Stimak, Jurcic, Soldo, Asanovic, Boban, Prozanecki, Stanic and Davosuke. Oh. I think Asanovic is quite a, was the only one there where I go, okay, that was guessable. Wow, that was a that was a great game of uh, starting eleven. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Highly competitive. Okay, next round, round three is the quickly Kevin conundrum. Ooh. Oh no! Pen and papers at the ready. Like the classic countdown round, except I'm going to give you the jumbled up letters of a '90s footballer. 
and you have 30 seconds to work out which player's name is hidden in the phrase or saying. Yeah. First person to buzz in with the correct answer wins the point. Your conundrum is pink German beds. Pink German beds. Oh, my word. Oh my god, I've never got one of these before. I'm going to give you a clue for the last 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. He plays for the Netherlands. Yeah, I was going to say, he's just like a touch name. It's a lot of fat, a lot of continents in there. Oh no, don't, no, 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 we can get this. Okay, your time is up. The answer is Dennis Bergkamp. Oh my word. That is embarrassing. That is there weak is. from us. That is pathetic. A great starting 11, followed by... Awful conundrum. Pink German beds. Oh. oh, that is heartbreak. No points that round. Time for round four. This round is called Who Am I? I'm going to give you a series of clues about an iconic 90s figure. If at any point you think you know who that person is, you can buzz in and guess. If you guess correctly after yep. the first clue, you right. will receive five points. If you guess correctly after the second clue, you will receive four points and so on and so forth. However, if you buzz in and guess incorrectly at any stage, you will be eliminated and it's up to the other player to continue with the clues. Fingers on buzzers. Here is your first clue. I was born on the 22nd of April, 1969 in Leicester. I began my professional career with Norwich City after leaving school in 1985. Stop. Chris? Oh. Roger Worthington? What a call that is. Incorrect. What a bore. What? <laughs> incorrect. Correct. No, incorrect. The, the thought that Michael had chosen Nigel Worthington <laughs> is just. That's, why I, that's why I called it and then immediately stopped and thought, no, what am I talking so about? So, could I ask your thought process? That how quickly did you, I was born in 1969 in Leicester? Well, that sounds like Nigel Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started my career in Norwich and I was born in Leicester in 1969. But that's Nigel Worthington. No, no. I thought, did we talk about how he's so much, he looks, he's so much older than he, younger than he looks? Right, 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 yeah. That was my rough thought process. Yeah, okay. Shocking. Okay, so I'm going to finish that clue. This is, you, you get all these clues now, Josh, so, yeah. you know, you're, you're free rolling, That's, basically. Yeah. Uh, just to remind you, it's not Nigel Worthington. <laughs> 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 Don't be led okay. down that garden path. I began my professional career with Norwich City after leaving school in 1985, but never made a first-team appearance before being released from the club in 1988. Would you care to make a guess for five points? No, no. Okay. Clue number two for four points. Yeah. In August 1988, I joined Cambridge United on a free transfer, spending time on loan at yeah. Barnet and Wickham Wanderers before establishing myself in the first team. It's Dion Dublin. Correct. Uh, famously a teammate of uh, Nigel Worthington, as I recall. Hmm. Was he? No, I don't know. All right. It feels like it, though, doesn't it? They were. They lived very parallel careers, so it's an easy. <laughs> How unlikely would it be if you turned on Holmes under the hammer and the new host was Nigel Worthington? <laughs> if you'd have said to me, Dion Dublin or Nigel Worthington will be a daytime TV presenter, 
I would go you, Nigel Wellington all day long. Yeah, but he's always on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> oh, he's Northern Irish as well. <laughs> he was born in Ballymena and uh, eight years before Dion Dublin, and he never played for Norwich. But apart from that, <laughs> absolutely bang on. <laughs> okay, time for the next round. This round is called Mystery Team Sheet. In front of me is the most commonly selected first 11 from one Premier League club during the 1998-1999 season. You will each take it in turn to pick a position from a classic 4-4-2 formation. I will then give you the nationality of the player who played in that position. All you have to do is tell me which football club I'm reading the team sheet for. Okay. After you pick your player or your position you'll have the option to guess the team if you get it right your team wins the points if you guess incorrectly you can no longer guess that squad and the game will continue with the remaining players until the other player correctly guesses or gets through all the players are they playing 4-4-2 they're playing 4-4-2 so it's a standard 4-4-2 formation and they did play 4-4-2 predominantly that season so i haven't rammed players in weird positions to make it fit do you do you Uh, think is this worth just mentioning that Nigel Worthington's cousin is Brendan Rodgers? A little bit of extra really? information. Oh, another man, another man with ties to Leicester. Makes you think. <laughs> Do you think that comes up when they're at family events? <laughs> you, I'm going to re-edit his Wikipedia now. Okay, we're going to flip a coin to see who goes first. Uh, let's go with you, Josh. Heads or tails? Tails. It is heads. So, Chris, you get to go first. I mean, you... You've got to get... Can I go goal, goalkeeper? Is yeah, that allowed? You've got to go goalkeeper, haven't you? You can indeed. So your goalkeeper's nationality is English. That's a, oh. that's, that was a very much a worst-case scenario for me. Were you expecting Danish? I was like, Danish... Uh, what nationality is Pavel Cernicek? Well, that was my... Czech. Czech. Uh, would you like to make a guess, or are you going to hold? I'll hold. Josh, what position would you like to reveal? I'll have a striker, please. Striking position number one is yeah. from the Netherlands. Ooh. Oh, oh this, uh, yeah. Pressure here, Josh. What are you going to do? Uh, are you going to be brave? I don't I don't think there's enough information there, no. I think I might know. So I'm, but I'm still, I'm going to say, give me the other striker. And if you tell me he's English. The other striker. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Is indeed English. Oh, no. I know who it is. Arsenal. Incorrect. Oh! oh he was thinking Bergkamp and right. But there is, yeah. So the Dutch striker... So I get a free guess. You get a free guess on Skulls go. So the Dutch striker is... Oh, it's going to be a crap team, isn't it? So I'm going to go... Is it Leeds? It is Leeds United. No oh, way! No who aren't way! crap, I should say. Is it Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank? It is Jimmy oh. Floyd Hasselbank. Well done. Come on. Yes. Very strong showing there. You there. Go. I, can, I can see the logic skull. That was very unfortunate. Yeah. Sort of, it went Seaman, that's Seaman, Wright and Bergkamp. Yeah, yeah. The, rest, the rest of that full 11 in a 4-4-2 formation is Nigel Martin, Martin Hidden or Hayden, who I don't even remember, uh, Jonathan Woodgate, Lucas Radaby, Ian Hart, Lee Bowyer, David Hopkin, Alfie Harland, Harry Kuehl, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, and Alan Smith. 
Ah. It's half a good team, isn't it? It's yeah. half a good team. <laughs> tell you who played. Tell you who played for Leeds in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Our old mate. Okay, time for your next round. This round is called nineties football facts. Deja vu. You will face a series of general knowledge questions about 90s football. But here's the twist. These are all questions you have faced before on previous end-of-series quizzes. Oh, no. Let's see how much info you've managed to retain over the last 13 series. Okay. One point for each correct answer. Fingers on buzzers. It's the fastest finger first. Here is your first question. Which club provided the most players to England's World Cup 1990 squad. Oh. Oh. I'm going to buzz. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's Liverpool. Incorrect. Josh, Josh, would you like a guess? Buzz. Yeah. I think it's Man United. Incorrect. The correct answer was Glasgow Rangers. What? Oh, great. What a great... Yeah. I suppose Trevor Stevens. Chris Woods, Terry Trey Butcher, Butcher, Gary Terry Stevens, Butcher, yeah. and Trevor Stevens. So four in total. Yeah. Okay, question number two. Who were the only team during Euro 96 not to score a single goal? Buzz. Turkey? Correct. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't think I was there. Question number three. Who is the only player born before 1960 to score a hat-trick in the Premier League? Buzz. Mick Quinn? That's a good guess, but that's incorrect. Chris, did you have an answer? Born in the 1950s. I know what you're thinking, but Nigel Worthington was born in 1961. (laughs) 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 Um, oh, that is such a tough one. It's got to be early doors, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to push up. Gordon Strachan. Gordon Strachan. Correct. No way. Oh, my word. Superb. I'm yep. so pleased with that. Okay, question number four. 1999 was the last time a team in the English Premier League fielded an entire starting 11 of English players. But which team did it? I know this. Oh, do I? I think. It Remember, was... he was from Ballymena in Northern Ireland, Chris. I think it was like Leeds or Ipswich. Uh, I'm going to go Leeds. I'll give you both. I'll give you both. All right, Leeds or Ipswich. Incorrect. Oh, no. Oh, double humiliation. <laughs> um, I, I would go with. Um, Norwich. The correct answer was Aston Villa. Oh. I didn't know that. Turns out. Question number five. Which Chelsea midfielder scored the last Premier League goal of the 90s? I know. Jody Morris. Correct. Brilliant answer. Brilliant answer. <laughs> I did a pub quiz recently and asked that exact same question. Oh, that is a great. That is great. Bit of fortune, bit of fortune there. Question number six. Who was the first Dutchman to play in the Premier League? Oh, my word. That's, that's a good question. I'm going to guess. 
I think yeah. it might be our old mate Wim Yonk at Sheffield Wednesday before. No, that's way later. I think it's way later. Is he not there? Ninety? Is he not pre Burkamp? Incorrect. Uh, Josh, do you have an answer? Is it Reggie Blinker? Uh, no, the correct answer was Hans Sagers. Oh, oh obvious. God, of course. Okay, question number seven. The professional foul was introduced in 1990, but which QK favourite was the first player to be sent off in the English top flight for this reason? Great question. Buzz. Steve Bruce. Correct. (laughs) Superb. I'm actually happy for you that you got that. (laughs) Okay. And finally, question number eight this round. Who scored the last hat-trick of the 1990s? I'll guess. Is it Dion Dublin? Incorrect. Hmm. Is it Buzz... I'm going to go with um, Michael Owen. Incorrect. The correct answer was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Oh, Oh, yes. Next round, and it's uh, another quickly Kevin conundrum. So uh, a chance of redemption here. I hate these. You know how it works. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the letters to start with, and then at 15 seconds, I'm going to give you the nationality as well as a clue. Okay, pen and paper at the ready? Yeah. Yeah. So your conundrum is, and buried within is, an, is a 90s footballer, evil Brazilian Afro. Evil Brazilian Afro. Your time starts now. And he is an Italian striker. This is so totally gettable. It's the B. Oh, no. He, I'd say, most famously uh, won the Champions League with Juventus. Fabrizio Ravanelli. Oh. Correct. Z. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. nobody gets any points. Yeah. No, all right, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, penultimate round of the quiz, and it's another quick-fire round of Who Am I? Clue number one. I was born on the 14th of February, 1972, in Belgrade. Okay. Clue number two. Uh. I began my career at OFK Beograd before moving to Partizan in 1993. Chris. Savo Milosevic. Brilliant. Incorrect. What? Oh, no! no! I was so confident. Oh, no. I want, I'm always, I always want VAR on that. <laughs> Josh, do you want to guess on clue number two? Will that kill my chances if I guess now? If you I guess don't know now, it get it wrong. The round is over. Yeah, no, no. Okay, no. so clue number three. In October 1995... Bolton signed me for a then club record 1.5 million fee. It can't be, can it? <laughs> it can't be. Sasa Churchic. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I wrote that one in the background on the slide just for, just for a bit of fun. 
<laughs> During the silence of the uh, conundrum rounds. Okay, so Josh gets to point that round. Now, time for the final round of the quiz. It's 90s Football Mastermind. Each player will have 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on their chosen specialist subject. Oh, no. One point for each correct answer. First in the spotlight is Chris, and your mastermind subject is the life and times of Richard Keyes. Very difficult to uh, research this. <laughs> yeah, that is such a good topic. Will the answer to be one of the questions be TVAAM? We'll have to find out. Right. Your time starts... Now. In what year was Richard Keyes born? Oh, 1958. 57. Oh. Which radio station, at which radio station did he begin his commentator career in 1978? Um, Manchester something? Radio, radio City in Liverpool. Oh, oh. How tall is Richard Keyes? Oh. Five foot ten. Five foot seven. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That says that's a lot. A, that says a lot. <laughs> what subject did he study when he attended the University of London? Uh, sports journalism? History. Oh. Question number five. In what year did he join Sky? Uh, 1990. Correct. Oh, here we go. What is the title of his 2017 book? Oh, my word. I can only imagine. 2017? Yeah. It was just banter. It was just banter. <laughs> the, is it right? The, t- <laughs> the title is The Keys to the World. <laughs> oh, what a cunt. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> what is his most famous catchphrase? It was just banter. And it's live. Question number eight. I thought that was mine too. Oh, yeah, and it's live, yeah. It's live. It's live. Question number eight. In what year did Keyes leave his job at Sky Sports? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, uh, 2010? 2011. Oh, damn. What football team does he support? Uh, is it not Co- from Coventry? Is it Coventry? Yeah. Correct. And finally, in June 2023, Keyes married his daughter's former friend, Lucy Rose. <laughs> How many years is junior junior is she? <laughs> Thirty-two. I know this one. Correct. <laughs> oh my word! Congratulations, you scored three out of ten in a very oh, very dear. tough round. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, Josh, you're in the hot seat, and your chosen mastermind subject is the life and times of Bruce Grobelar. Ready? Jesus. Yeah. Your time starts now. What year was he born? I don't know. Um, 1958. 1957. Oh! At which Zimbabwean team did he begin his career in 1973? Pass. Harare. Highlanders. Uh, Grobelar impressed Liverpool scouts when he was on loan at which English side? Crew Alexandra. Correct. Subsequently... From which team did he join Liverpool in 1981 after he returned from his loan spell? Vancouver Whitecaps. Correct. How much was the transfer fee? 100 grand. 250,000. Oh. The transfer of which 
first choice goalkeeper from Liverpool to Spurs led to Groblar being promoted to first choice. Ray Clements. Correct. How many English league titles did he win during his playing career? Six. Correct. Which team did Groblar leave Liverpool for in mid 1994? Southampton. Correct. And what was the transfer fee paid? Free transfer. Correct. And finally, how many goals did he score in his career? Oh, oh four. One. Oh. Ooh. Congratulations, Josh. You scored six points. Oh, that's a, I'd say that's a respectable score. So I can announce that the winner of this series end of season quiz is Josh. Congratulations, oh, what was the Josh. Score? Yes. It was close. It felt close. Uh, I think it was 18-12 in the end, give or take a point. But, oh, but Josh 18-12. So close yet so far. That's it for this week in Series 13. Thank you to all our guests. God, what a lineup this series has had. Great lineup. Gary Lineker, Jason McAteer, Tom Parry, Ben Clark, Jan Argafjortoft, Mick McCarthy, Pete Graves, David Earl, Matt Tiller, Tom Crane, Brian Little, Les Ferdinand, Chris Coleman, Ellis James, and of course, you for listening. We'll see you soon for another series. Series 14 is coming up. But don't forget, if you want more Quickly Kevin right now, there's been four bonus episodes over the last few weeks added over on the Quickly Kevin fan club. You can sign up at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin and on your Apple podcast app. All the bonus episodes will be dropping two a month. And don't forget, you've got... Bonus episodes going back years, the first couple of Bruce books and loads of specials. We'll be dropping a few previews onto the feed very soon. But don't forget, if you want to see us in the live arena, you can get tickets for the London Palladium Show, our only live show next year, our biggest live show ever, the 16th of May, 2024. Tickets are available via the link in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Robbie Slater, see you later. Hit legs! Hit legs over the top!